are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because he is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with his purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Most people we meet have hard stories to tell. The stories that give us hope and help us persevere the best are the ones where God's grace shines bright in the midst of their darkness. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host. Today, you are about to hear a real-to-life story that has most every type of emotion and loss that can be known to man. And yet, there's a light that emerges that cannot be denied as anything but God's grace and truly a hope to anyone in their struggles today. This is the story of today's guest, Jenny Mascatel. Jenny is a licensed social worker. She's an author, a blogger. She's a photographer and an expert guest co-host for Raising Cane Podcast. But Jenny also wants you to know that she understands the eight of difficult times and the hope that can carry us through. Jenny was widowed at 36. She is the mom to a daughter with congenital heart disease that has required eight major open heart surgeries, which she has documented in her best-selling book, The Journey of Faith and an Open Heart. It is, it's a thick book. It's not something that you can sit down and read um, in, in a few minutes. It, is, it truly is a journey. It is a journey of Jenny's um, gosh, story that uh, encapsulates uh, the death of her husband, uh, the, the grief of going through this with her daughter. But, but it also, you can't help but miss how, God is, how God is alive and he is at work through this. The back of the book says a fearful mom finds faith, battling for her daughter's life against odds in a raw but inspirational true story of trial and triumph. And that's exactly what this is. It is, it is a journey of trial and triumph. And that's why I want to share stories such as Jenny's with you today, because we're all, we're all going to face hard times. We're all going to face times where we feel hopeless. We're all going to feel times where we feel like we just can't keep on keeping on. And at those times, we have to reach into the Bible, of course. We have to reach into God's word. We have to stand on his promises. And you'll see that that's what Jenny did. But as we stand on it, we also have to find a way to anchor into it. We also have to find a way to believe it. And by doing that, I believe that if you can reflect on a story of someone that you know, a, a contemporary, someone that you can you see in flesh and blood, to me that brings a, a, a different type of hope. What about you all? Do you find that to be true? It's like yeah, I can read it in the Bible, and I'm going to believe it as best as my mind can conceive it. But, boy, if I see it, if I see it, then there's something that just, it, God, it's a different layering of hope. And I think that this is why God tells us in Revelation how important it is that he says it is by the blood of the Lamb and by the telling of your testimony that people are going to find hope. And that's why this broadcast is all about sharing stories and bringing real-life situations to it because we read it, we see it, we perceive it. But, boy, to really now, – now, how do we live it in our lives? So I want you to think today. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about why you turned on this radio program. Why did you 
why did you turn it onto this podcast? Why are you listening to it? And many people will be listening to it more than one time. What what is it that drew you to this show? What is it that that is in your heart that you're feeling a little hopeless today and every day? I hope that you will always find hope in not the circumstances around your friends. We can't base hope on the circumstances around us. We have to put our hope totally in Christ alone. Because if we don't, circumstances are always going to change, right? I mean, don't we see that in COVID now? Don't we haven't we experienced that the last year? I mean, how many of you through this last year would wake up on some morning thinking, Well, I didn't expect life to be like this. I didn't expect to be in this situation. I didn't expect that that I would ever see days like this. How many of you even just said, is this America? (laughs) Is is this my life? And yet all along, God has said to us, he's declared a plan, and he will allow us to walk out that plan. And so I have found, and maybe you have found as well, that many times in just walking out will and doing exactly what God would have us to do, that it truly isn't always warm and fuzzy. Have y'all have y'all seen that? Have you have you realized that in, in, in your life? That it's not always warm and fuzzy, being right where God wants you to be. Sometimes it's hard, it's a struggle, it's a battle. But that's what we have been called to do, even though many times we don't realize that that is the calling on our lives. Many, many, many times. And where do we get this, friends? Many, many, many times we get this this thought that, gosh, as soon as I accept Christ, everything is going to be great. But that is not what God has called us to do. We have an eternal greatness in which we, in where we will go. But during the course of this life, what if God wants us to just walk through really hard times to display the goodness and the greatness of who he is? And that is exactly why you might be going through the struggles that you are, why I have walked through the struggles that I have, why Jenny has walked through what she has. And, friends, don't lose hope if you're struggling. Don't think that that God is punishing you. Find hope today through this story. Well, it is a delight, a delight to always have time with you to remind you why I do what I do, why why this uh, Up To Me radio network, why it is alive, and why we struggle to keep it on air, and why the the, uh, the director and owner of Up To Me radio, why she is always trying to find compelling podcasts and compelling authors, because our desire is to present to you hope, hope that you can stand on, hope that will never leave you, and the hope that Christ is using your life no matter where you are and to project that into a faith base so that we never, ever, ever give up. And so with that, we have our guest with us today, Jenny. Such a pleasure, my friend, to have you join us. So welcome once again to Coffee Talk. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. It is a true privilege and pleasure to be here. And what you said couldn't hit the spot better very, very good points. Very well said. Hope is what gets us through, that's for sure. Isn't that true? And I always say, and you'll, I know you'll give a big amen to this, and I always say, and hope has a name, and his name is Jesus, right? Amen. <laughs> amen, absolutely. Well, Jenny, before we jump in here, let's, uh, let's talk about, I mean, where are you right now? Where do you live? Tell us something about what's going on right at your house today. Well, I am up here right in the center of Maine. (laughs) It's a little bit cold, but not for this time of year. It's actually really nice out right now for us Maine Maine weather people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a beautiful state. I love to visit it. My husband and I drove to uh, last summer, maybe almost fall, Gorgeous, breathtaking views. Oh, my gosh. So good for you. That's a beautiful, beautiful area. Have you always lived there? I've lived here my whole life. <gasps> Lucky you. Well, now I'll have somebody <laughs> to visit the next time I drive through. Well, Anytime. Jenny, you have quite a story. You have quite a thank you. You have quite a story. I was telling our listeners, I I pick up the book, and I re, I hope that they'll all go to Amazon. And I've bought several copies and ordered this, The Journey of Faith 
and an open heart. It is a book. I, I was telling the readers, it's not it's not a sit down and read in one night because it's a journey, and you kind of want to walk it slowly with you because there's so many lessons in the midst of of everything, uh, and it's an ongoing story. I like the way you said it. It's an ongoing story, but let's start with your story. We talk about it being a hard story. I hear a lot of people referring to it as a hard story. What do you think that means when people say it's it, it's a hard story? I think, you know, it's funny you say a hard story because I always will tell people when they read my book, if it's hard to live, it's hard to read. Um, Mm. I think about the challenges that we face in life. And a lot of times when I was going through different things, what I noticed that what was that people really care about what you're going through and they really want things to be better, but they might not understand how to ask that or show that. And so I would find myself often going out in the crowd, in the grocery store, running into people at church, and people would say, how are you doing? And I had a whole list of preconditioned answers. You know, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. I have good days. I have bad days. And I think that when you find yourself kind of saying those things to people or maybe not having the words to match the emotions that you feel inside, because maybe you can't mm-hmm. even articulate it yourself, for me, that's how right. I kind of measure. You know what? I think I'm. I, I think I'm in a hard place. I don't. I don't even have the words to match what's going on. Hmm. So when people would ask you that, that's a, that's such a good point because in, in some of the things that I've gone through, I'd always wonder. And, and I did, like you said, people really care, and and I and I know that. I think I think they really do. But I I know they really do. But I always wondered how much do they really want to know? You know, do they want me just to say mm-hmm. I'm okay? You know, do they do they really want me just to cry right now because that's really what I want to do, or scream because I'm just angry and I don't like where I am? Did, how did you? Um, is that something that you dealt with? It's like how much how much should I tell them? How honest should I be? Because I have a feeling that there are a lot of listeners on today that are thinking, you know, how, how how much am I supposed to expose when when people ask? Oh, I absolutely dealt with that a lot. Um, my daughter had eight open heart surgeries throughout her life, um, but I noticed it mostly when my husband passed away, and I think that that was probably the point in my life that I had never felt more broken than I did in those moments that year, whether it be freshly after his death or picking up the pieces a year later, it felt a little bit like the world just sort of stopped and, Mm -hmm. and I fell off and then it started spinning Mm -hmm. again and everyone else kept going in motion and everyone else kept moving forward with their lives as would be expected. But I was kind of stuck in this place of, gosh, I have all these pieces. They're broken everywhere, you know, almost to the point of like grains of sand that could have been scattered all over the place. And I didn't know how to pick those pieces up or even where to start. And those moments when I would run into people, you know, in the store, they would say, how are you? And I would say, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. And, oh. you know, in, in retrospect, looking back, it's the one thing that I would have changed, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. about my grieving process, is I would have directly said, you know, I woke up at 3 o'clock this morning, and I couldn't get back to sleep, and I had nightmares all night, and I'm trying the mm-hmm. best I can to get through the day. I'm picking up pieces for the kids. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to just learn mm-hmm. how to live my life again while I'm riding on training wheels and, and cruising down this road that I have no road signs for except for right. one, and that one road sign that says this is the way is Jesus. And he was the Mm -hmm. only thing keeping me going and the only thing giving me certainty because everything in my life had been turned upside down and felt uncertain. Mm -hmm. But that was the one certainty that I could count on was his love. And I I would think Mm -hmm. back if I had just said that openly, Mm -hmm. honestly, it wouldn't have been my responsibility to, to know if somebody else could be okay with that conversation or not okay with that conversation, but it would have been real and it would have helped me know 
who do I talk to about this? And who do I talk yeah. to about this? <laughs> you know, mm, such good points and such good information. You know, I, I can recall feeling the same way, especially after my mom's death, Jenny. I remember thinking we try to be so strong, don't we? And so, so strong. Mm-hmm. And one of my, uh, and I don't like to use the word regrets. One thing that I would do differently um, is I think during her, um, her battle, I think I would have been more real with her about the pain I was feeling. Um, I was trying to be so strong for everyone that I don't know that she, and I'm sure she did, but understood just how it was affecting me and the hurt and the pain that, that I was feeling. So it's good, and I think it's so good to talk about these emotions and how we how they are manifested in our lives for those who are currently going through situations. It gives them something to think about, about you know, uh, and to assess the realness of, of how they're presenting their hurt. Well, let's just start with your story. Let's start back. Um, and listeners, I just want you to know, if anyone would like to call in, you are more uh, more than welcome to call in today at 347-324-5246. If you have a question pertaining to our topic today, you'd like to ask Jenny, 347-324-5246. Be sure and press 1, and you'll go into a virtual green room and our um, director will let us know our producer will let me know that you're on and we'll bring you on air so if you have a question but Jenny let's just start uh, let's go back before uh, when when you first got married when life started and and take us through um, I know you we don't have time to do the whole but get, get us some high points so that we can start delving into um, the, the low points So I actually wasn't raised in a Christian home. I didn't know God until I was pregnant with my daughter, Faith. Um, I was a really young mom, and she was born during a time when medical technology wasn't as advanced as it is now, and so we didn't know that she was ill before she was born. And so I got saved. I, I think I was probably around seven or eight months pregnant, And it was the best timing that could have happened because though I didn't know that Faith was going to be born sickly, um, God knew that she was going to have these these challenges before her. So he put me in the right place at the right time and got me saved and said, you're going to need me. Could you could you expound on that to maybe someone who's listening that doesn't even understand what that means? Could you take just a minute to tell us about that experience? Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't know the love of God. I had heard about Mm -hmm. God. We had been back and forth to church a few different times in my childhood. Uh, We had a neighbor who would bring us to Sunday school occasionally, and that was about the exposure that I had. My mom was Mm -hmm. raised in a Catholic school, but she didn't really practice that religion in our home, and we didn't grow up seeing anything about church really beyond that and we we weren't reading the bible i'm not honestly sure if we even owned one um Mm. i now faced dad who i was with at the time um he his mom and his whole family they were christians they they knew that that god was had sent his son to us to die for us to die for our sins so that we would have a way to, to be with him in heaven one day. And when we were talking one day about God, he, I said, oh, I don't really know if I believe in God. And he said, what? <laughs> and he said, that's it. And so he brought my, you know, 19-year-old self <laughs> to his mother's house and drove me there and sat me down at, at her table and pointed at me and said, mommy, that's what he called her. He said, Mommy, she doesn't believe in God. You need to talk to her. <laughs> so oh. she did. <laughs> but, oh, you know, precious. it's funny and it's cute and, you know, all of that. But it was it was really pivotal. And after that, I started going to church and I couldn't get enough. I couldn't learn enough. I couldn't read enough fast enough. And oh. I wanted more. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah. beautiful. And, and so then, uh, and then you had the baby. You had faith. And then I had faith. And, 
she normally could, she was born with a condition called hypoplastic left heart syndrome, which basically means that in a, in a nutshell, she was born with half a heart um, or half a functioning heart. And one part of her heart was just, it didn't develop and it was too small to do the work that was, that was needed uh, to support her body and her life. Um, Mm. She wasn't diagnosed until about four months old, which is actually a miracle in and of itself because most children who have that condition to the severity that she did would pass away by six weeks of age without medical and surgical intervention. But Mm. she was thriving still in spite of it. She was falling below the curve, but she was thriving. And one night um, we had, she she was having some complications and some health issues, and she went to the hospital. And within that one day, there was this whirlwind of, I'm really sorry, your daughter has a heart condition. Okay, it's very serious. She's going to need surgery. Okay, not one, but three. And it just Mm -hmm. kind of kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so we were transferred to a specialty hospital several hours away from where we lived. And they moved forward. They said, you know, she's a a complicated case. She has a lot going on. We're going to do this surgery. And... We, it's 50-50. It's going to work mm. or it's not. And mm. that's when that that was hard. <laughs> so, you know, uh, talking about hard situations, that was hard. Yes. And yes. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what the right thing was. It was all brand new and, you know, it felt like the waves were crashing over me and I thought, God, I don't know what's going on here, but but you need to do something about this. You know, I'm new in my faith. I'm 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 fearful. I'm scared. I'm young. I'm like uh, I can't do anything. God, you need to do it. But my faith was so tried at that point. And He had this way, though. That's just it. God knows. He's not surprised when we have emotions. He's not surprised when we feel fearful scared when we doubt he knows that and he he makes a way for us ahead of time he he's always a step ahead he always goes before us like our today our tomorrow is his memory he already knows it all and so he has the power and the grace and the ability to make a way for us and for me it was often he would put all the right people in place at the very moment that I needed them. Um, Mm. One example of that that's really amazing is when Faith had her first surgery as a little infant, she was very, very sickly when she came out, and four days later she crashed, and she had to go back in for another emergency procedure, and they were kind of fighting in front of me over that the medical team was arguing back and forth about she needs to have a transplant. No, she's she's not strong enough for tra- for a transplant. It's not going to work. To back to well, but we have to try surgery. Well, she's not strong enough to make it through the surgery, and we kind of you know they didn't know what to do, but we decided to move forward with the surgery, and and she had it. It was a nine hour procedure, and my whole family because we were several hours away had already gone back home. And so they were all in the process of coming back down to be where we were. And I was waiting in this little room the whole entire day. And there was this one other couple in there, sweet young couple. They had a little baby girl of their own. She had these big, bright, rosy cheeks. And they sat in there, and we made small talk throughout the day. But about five minutes before the nurse came up from the OR to give me a final update on how Faith was doing. My brother showed up, and he had a lot. He had a, a, a much more mature face than I had at the moment, and and I needed that because mine was falling apart. And so this yeah. nurse came into the into the waiting room, and she said to me, "Jenny, I am so so sorry. They've tried four times to get your daughter off bypass." the machine, but it's not working, and it doesn't look good, and we're going to try once more, but I think this is it. I'm so sorry, and I lost Mm. it, 
and I just was a big bundle of tears on the floor, and I and I crumbled. And my brother said, probably the most commanding weight he's ever said in his entire life, said, wait, I'm not giving up. He said, they said they're trying once more. He said, God will fix this. And his faith was so strong. But in that moment, this is kind of the funny part, in that moment, not only did my brother show up five minutes before that happened, the couple that I was sitting in that room with for the entire day, a pastor, <laughs> he jumps up, kind of like, it's kind of like you're in a, in, a, in a restaurant, and then all of a sudden somebody's choking, and, and somebody jumps up yeah. and says, I'm a doctor. This man jumped up and said, I'm a pastor. We'll pray right now. <laughs> and he oh, did. And they bold and they prayed strong. And we got a call uh, from the OR that they were going to try something completely new. They were rearranging different parts of her heart. They were doing some different, they were adding some man-made parts. They were kind of switching it all up. And we knew this is it. This is God's answer to this prayer. And Lo and behold, she got out of that OR, and, um, you know, she's 25 today. <laughs> wow, what a story. I love that about the pastor jumping up. I can, I can see that now. Isn't that just an amazing, amazing story? So, Jenny, how long was it, um, how old was Faith when your husband, when you found your husband? Let's talk about that for a minute. So my husband passed away in 2013 and I had one daughter going into eighth grade and that her name's Abby and then my other daughter Faith she was just going to be entering her senior year of high school and uh, she had at that point in her life has had 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 um, six open heart surgeries and we knew that more would be coming but you always kind of hope that it doesn't come. <laughs> you kind of hope that right. the things that they've done, you know, last beyond the warranty and you're not going to have to go back and visit the OR, even though they've predicted you might. Um, right. But sometimes right. healing comes in a way that you don't expect it. Sometimes healing isn't the the easy answer. Sometimes it's the hard answer. And so that mm-hmm. year was a little bit of a whirlwind. My mom had passed away in April my husband passed away in June and about six months after that, my daughter had to have open heart surgery again and then it Mm. failed. And we went back six weeks later and she had open heart surgery number eight. Mm. Well, I want to talk about, you know, you, you talk, you said that so it just flowed out of your mouth, a nine-hour procedure, you know, a, a six-hour procedure. That's nine long hours. You talk about losing your mom and your husband, going in shortly after that and having a, you know, a failed surgery with Faith, having to go in for number eight. So here is what I want to talk about when we come back from um, our 30-second break, that commercial break that we have to go to right now. But when we come back, Jenny, I want to talk about, I want to get real about what you felt during, did you have moments of just hopelessness? Did you have moments where you just thought you were so exhausted you couldn't keep 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 going? You know, I want to come back and I want to give some practical answers to some people who are really struggling right now. They're struggling with their faith. They're struggling with what, what God is doing in their lives. They're struggling with the fact of, but God, I'm your child. I can't believe you're allowing me to suffer like this. I, I bet you had thoughts like that. That's a normal thing. I want to give some real practical uh, answers to some of these things that um, people are dealing with and how you got through that because I do see um, how God really did arise during as hope during during your your story as I read this incredible book. And again, people, if you haven't read it, go to Amazon today. Or you can do it now during this commercial break. In order, it's called The Journey of Faith and an Open Heart uh, by Jenny Muscatel. It is a it's a it's a incredible story of of pain and hurt and hope. So uh, let's take a 30-second break, Jenny and listeners, and we'll be right back, okay? 
There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. This is the place that we meet and bring in incredible people who have incredible stories of God's grace in a way to be real and raw and to present what God can do in all of our lives as we struggle to to serve him and to glorify him in the life in which he has given to us. Before we go back to our incredible uh, host uh, guest today, co-host you might even say, or guest today, Jenny Muscatel, I'd like to remind you that we, our ministry is Roses and Rainbows Ministries, and you can find that by going to, uh, you can go to uh, rosesandrainbows.org, or if you want to simplify it, you can go to just kimcrapel.org, K-I-M-C-R-A-B-I-L-L. And check out our website. We do lots of fun things. We have lots of programs that are going on for all ages. And we would love for you to participate and come join us in that. Uh, also like for you to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash roses and rainbows. We always have Bible studies going. We always have some type of communication going because I believe that it's through our talk that we really can make God's word practical and make it real in our lives. Um, I would like for you to look in your area. We've uh, been blessed to be on 15 different faith-based networks, sharing the Burdens to Blessings transformational journey, as well as the Coffee with Kim talk slash testimonial show. So join us. Come be a guest. We would love to hear about you. would love to know you. would love to partner with you in our walk uh, for Christ today. So thank you again for joining us here on Up To Me Radio. What a blessing it is to be able to share uh, God's word through this incredible platform known as Up To Me Radio. So thank you for being a part. So let's get back to our guest today, Jenny. Uh, thank you again so much for giving us a, a whole hour of your time today to share your journey of, yes, it's a hard hurt story, but it is filled with so much hope. So so let's get back to that. So again, thank you, friend, for being with us today. Thank you again so much for having me. Absolutely. So, Denny, you've been through a lot in, in your short life. You're, you're, you've been through a lot. And so let's go into um, what we were talking about. You know, So you found, I, I, I read in the book, where you, you found your husband. I did. After he had passed away. Yes. Yep. And um, it was one of those moments where, I mean, I wasn't expecting it. Obviously, he was 38. Uh, I didn't know that he had he had a heart attack. I didn't know that he had blocked arteries or anything of that nature. Um, we were actually going to go boating that morning, and I'd gone downstairs and was doing the dishes, and I thought, gosh, why is the dog at my feet? (laughs) Because he was always with him. And I started to kind of look around the house and think, hmm, did he go to the store? That would be odd if he didn't tell me that he was leaving somewhere. And and I went out to the porch and found him there. Mm -hmm. And so in the midst of everything else that was going on in your life, did you, how, I mean, emotionally, um, that, I mean, all of these points that are such emotional um, catastrophes almost. I mean, it's like where I know that that listeners are are listening to all this and thinking, you know, how did you apply God's word in such a way? Where did you go in your mind? Give us some things that you did to get start getting through that. I I thought God... Yeah, I sought God nonstop. Um, One of the things that came up for me regularly was fear. And I think that after everything that was going on, I was... I was scared of everything. Um, I was scared Mm -hmm. that the next time the phone rang, it was 
going to be bad news. I was scared that if somebody went to the doctor, it was going to be bad news. But more, I was scared, God, what are you going to ask me to do next? That was a conversation I had with him a lot. It was never, why are you doing this? Though I know that's a question that comes up for people. It wasn't a question I had because I I trust that he had an ultimate plan. He always does. I, I trust that he was going to work something out that was necessary for his reasons and his purpose, but I was scared to death. But what else are you going to have me do? (laughs) Because I don't think I can take more. And so I would have to literally apply his word to my life. Like I was placing salve on my fear wound every single day. Mm. And the thing that he would show me repeatedly would be Isaiah 45, 3. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. Mm-hmm. And that was a verse that he would lay on my heart repeatedly, but it's also how he tangibly showed up for me in my life. It was through the little things. It was through a funny license plate story, which I'd love to share with you. It was through somebody stopping by my house at just the right moment. It was from a word that I would see on a sign that would be a gentle nudge of my heart that he was still there and that even though it was hard, he was going to hold my hand through it and be there through it with me. And even though I was scared and fearful, I also more importantly knew that he had my back and my best interest at heart. And Mm. it was hard to swallow, but God, I don't understand. And I think Mm -hmm. that death in general is hard to understand. And the reason it's hard to understand is because it wasn't meant to be, you know, that wasn't the original intention. It's not natural for us to have to die to live, but that's where we're at. And, you Mm. know, it started in the garden (laughs) and um, it continues now and and so it's something that's inevitable we all face death we all face you know going through loss we're all going to lose people we all have lost people and it's hard because we miss those people and we want them with us but we also know but god has them with him and we will see them again Mm. that is so beautiful and i think that you know, your story speaks to those who are, are clinging to hope that their loved one will survive, but you also give people a channel, a, a path to take if if God chooses to not heal them on this side of eternity, if, if the healing comes through going home with him. And so, uh, which is, both of those scenarios are hard, but but the heart of a mom who's lost a child, and I know that we have people who are listening today, you know, it, it, I just thank you so much for being sensitive to that and really sharing that because that is something that I have not known. I came, I came close to it one time with my youngest son, but that, that fear um, and that loss I think would just be overwhelming, and I, and, and I thank you so much for speaking to that. In your book on page 76, you say, um You said, for so many years I found myself asking, how do you know when God is asking you to do something or if it is, you know, if it's on your mind? How do you know that? And you said, I I got to the point where I no longer asked that question as I became so dependent on God to simply simply get me out of bed. That you weren't asking, God, what am I supposed to do today? You were just saying, God, help me get out of bed. Help me survive the day. And I love that that true rawness because that could even be going on with people today who haven't faced a death. It could be, it could be depression. It could be losing a job. And along with that uh, quote that you said there in such a real way, I, I, of course the book is so great, but I've just highlighted some things. I, from that I skipped over all the way to page 163 that I really felt like I wanted the listeners to hear the, 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 bottom of where we go to God just help me get out of bed I'm not looking for a grand plan I just want to take the next step because most all of us have been there to what you say on page 163 Jenny and I love 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 this and I want people to hear this you you say the Bible 
became my comfort. I love that. The Bible became my comfort. And you said I would read God's word, treasuring every syllable that jumped off the page, holding it close and planting it in my heart. That's how you survived all of this, isn't it, Jenny? Right there. That is how. And, you know, the thing is, is that when we're weak, we as as humans, (laughs) we think we have to be strong. Like you were saying earlier, we think we have to keep it all together. We think we have to hold all the balls in the air. And we do not because it's not in our strength that we really accomplish much of anything. It's through God's strength. And his power is made perfect in our weakness. And in Revelation 3.8, he's talking to the churches. And it says, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, but you have kept my word and not denied my name. And he talks about, it, that. to me, that saying, I know it's hard. <laughs> I know you're weak. Yeah. I know you're tired. I know you're weary. I know you feel like you can't go on, but you've kept my name and I am here with you. And he talks in that chapter about just standing and holding close to faith and holding fast and standing in, in perseverance. And, and I, I would always say that I was standing in perseverance and clinging to hope. But the thing is, is God doesn't need us to stand strong. He just needs us to stand faithful. And it doesn't matter if we have to wobble at the knees. It doesn't matter if we, can, if we need to pull ourselves up because we can barely make it because he has power in our weakness. Mm. That is so so beautiful, and 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 spoken by someone who truly has lived it, and that's what is so meaningful to me today. Because it just dawned on me. I mean, you could be talking to someone who's battling an addiction. You could be talking to someone who, um, you know, in, in any situation that they just feel like the battle is just about to be lost. And let's talk about that for just a minute, Jenny. Was, it, was there a time when you just wanted to not stand, that you just wanted to sit down, that you just said, it's, it's just too big, I'm too tired, I, I just can't? What, there had to be moments like that. And what did you oh, there do were several. in those times? <laughs> were there? Yeah. There talk were several. Uh-huh. And, you know, it just as far as, you know, like I think about one time I was, you know, trying to kind of, as I said, hold all the balls in the air. I was going to work. I had two kids in school. I had one who was very sick, and it was reaching that point where if she didn't get her surgery quick, she was not going to live. And we were trying to get her on the surgical list at the specialty hospital. It's actually quite a process. And she had taken a turn for the worst one day, and my one of my closest, dearest friends said, I'm coming down with you, Jenny. I don't want you alone down there while you're dealing with all of this you know my support system who normally would have gone through that with us was gone and my mom had passed away as I mentioned and my husband and so that they were kind of my earthly rocks and this time was okay you're going to go through yet another huge trial but you're going to do it and you're going to rely only on me and I thought oh you're asking so much of me God you know and then he would remind me but look at what I've done for you and I would go oh I know you're right and I thought of Abraham a lot and how he had to literally be called to be willing to hand his son his son over to God and God then said it's okay I just wanted to know that you were going to be faithful and Mm. So we were going down one day to the hospital, um, myself, my friend, my daughters, and we ended up coming back home um, because there wasn't really more that they could do other than we we still had to wait for the surgical list. Um, But my friend and I both had been at this place in life where we had wanted to be baptized, and we both had been baptized at some point as children, but we didn't really understand it. I, as I had mentioned, I'd gone to church with a neighbor. Everybody else was, was getting baptized in that service. I thought it was cool. I wanted to jump in the pool too and do it. I didn't understand the meaning. Um, and so 
we both as adults wanted to be baptized, but we were also nervous about, like, what do we say for a testimony? What do we do? Because <laughs> we both felt called to share, but we didn't know what the story was going to be, and we were both nervous And uh, mm-hmm. about public speaking. I know God has done all these <laughs> things, and I'm worried about talking in front of a crowd. <laughs> but that's a human heart. And, it uh, is. Yeah. And so um, – he started to talk to me through license plates during this time frame. You know, he finds these funny little ways to communicate. And one day I was headed down to an appointment with Faith, and Psalm 91 passes me on the interstate on the back of a license plate. And it was the exact verse that I needed in that moment. And I was telling my friend, and I said, oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe what happened today. And she goes, oh, my goodness, Jenny, I want a God moment like that. I said, well, be careful what you wish for because sometimes they come with hard challenges. And so that same friend was the friend coming down with me to this appointment. And she goes, Jenny, and she slaps my arm while we're driving. And, you know, I'm thankfully got a good grip on the steering wheel. And she says, Jenny, she says, look, a license plate, a license plate. And I'm like, well, what is it? What is it? And so she's like, hold on, I'm looking it up. And then all of a sudden her face deflates a little bit. And I look over at her and I'm like, what? What is it? And she goes, it's not for you. It's for me. And I go, what did it say? And she said, repent all you sinners and be baptized. (laughs) So I said, oh, see, we need to take the plunge. And so we go to the appointment and we're coming back. And she she's driving this time, and she looks over at me, and she goes, never looking at another license plate again. <laughs> I, said, I said, oh, my goodness. And the minute it comes out of her mouth, her eyes kind of widen, and she points to the left of her, and a car's passing, and she goes, hey, look. And the license plate says, give thanks. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my word, you can't make this stuff up. And so I said, well, that's it. I said, you just need to be obedient at this point. So she, we call the pastor when we get back home, and we're like, we, we need to schedule baptism. God told us we have to be baptized very clearly today. And she said, I was wondering about what I was going to say for a testimony, but now God's kind of solved that problem for me. So she's up in church, and she's giving her testimony, and I – not kidding, the lady behind me jumps out of her seat, points and goes, that's my car. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no, that's amazing. (laughs) Yes. And so God, that's the thing about God is he does stuff like that. He, he's personal and he's real and he knows us like nobody else does. And he has, he has, a heart of caring and compassion and mercy and grace and correction when we need it. But he also has a sense of humor (laughs) and he also has a way of giving us hope in, in the little things when we're in the midst of all that we are going through. And he did things like that really through my whole life. He's, he's sort of done things like that. And, and, that's how he shows up. And if our eyes are open to the little things and how he's showing up, boy, he really can write the best stories. And I always say that, you know, people say, oh, I love your story. I love your book. And I'm like, oh, gosh, if only I could write a book like that. This is not my story. This is God's. He wrote this, <laughs> you know. Right, right, right. You lived it. You lived it day by day. I lived and, it. You said, yes, and, are still, and still, there's so much to so much of your story, but one of the things that I want to point out in everything that you just said, and thank you so much for sharing that. I actually, that's one of the parts in your book that I had uh, underlined that I want to talk about because the license plates. I love, um, I love how God is always around us, how He's always talking, but how we can miss it so easily that we have to attune ourselves. And I think many times. In our desperation, when we're so desperate to hear from God, is when we start seeing Him show up in these little ways, and then we, and then it becomes a way of communication with us. But one of the things that I want the listeners to hear is that you know you are looking for God to speak to you, and and everywhere, weren't you? You were you were that desperate, and in the loss and in the fear of what might happen, that you were always just you were really tuned in to Him, weren't you? 
I was. I really, I mean, there were a lot of times that I would go to work after my husband died, and I would pray my whole way into work because I, I needed him to even get there, to get out of my car, to walk through the door. I'm a social worker, so I, I, and I work in an end-of-life setting. And so having to go back to that after losing my husband was really hard. I felt ill-equipped to help people through what they were going through because I was in such grief myself. And I thought, gosh, how am, you know, how am I going to do this? And every day was this battle to get there. And I would say to God in my prayer, I, would, I felt like a kid who didn't want to let go of, you know, their dad's hand. And mm. I would say to him in my prayer, like, God, okay, I'm here. But like, I'm not saying amen yet because I'm just going to keep you on hold because I'm going to need to come back to you like 50 times in the next five minutes. <laughs> so mm, I'm like, amen, wow. so be it, but I'm not hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, uh, what was it? I was reading, I was reading something the other day. Gosh, what was it? it? I think it was about a child who was being abused. I think it was something, but they said that when they were praying, they would never say amen because they were so afraid that that meant God would go away. And I just thought that was the sweetest thing. But you know what? The thing about it is, is I talk about your desperation. I talk about this child desperation. We talk about faith desperation. But the truth of the matter is we're all desperate for him, Jenny. We're all, no matter where we are, we're all desperate for him today. Don't you? Would you agree with that? It doesn't have to be a tragedy. It's to take our next breath. We are so desperate for him. Absolutely. And, you know, he, the thing about it is, is, is that he does, he doesn't leave us, you know, and even in those times where we feel like, gosh, where are you? Are you there? Are you listening? He is. <laughs> He's there. Yes. You know, I hear, I've heard the he, saying before, the teacher's always quiet in the test. Um, and yeah. sometimes that's true. And sometimes he speaks bold and loud. And sometimes he has that still small voice. And, and we might think we, we know what we want. We might say, but God, I need you to talk to me loud. But he knows, no, there's something else that you need here. And it won't make sense to you right now, but it will later. And for now, all you yeah. need is my gentle nudge, you know, and, and right. sometimes it's the opposite. Yeah, it makes me think of Elijah going out on the mountain, right, in the winds or the lightning, but it wasn't. It was in that that still, small voice that God speaks, and, and I love that. So, Jenny, I knew this hour was going to go by so quickly. We have about <laughs> eight, uh, about seven minutes left. I want to hear about faith. Tell us. Tell us about the, the rest of the story so far. Tell us what, what's happened. We, we know that she had gone through eight surgeries. Tell us what, where she is now. So Faith is doing excellent right now. Um, she had her most recent surgery in 2014, and um, she's been the most stable that she's ever been health-wise in her entire life. Uh, she has got herself involved in so many things. I'd say she's a bit of a fierce advocate. <laughs> um, oh. and she herself shares her story. She had her, her second uh, vaccine yesterday, <laughs> so she's a little under the weather today, but, but that's yeah. to be expected. But in general, she's doing really well. She loves the Lord. She is, I, I just, every day she does something new, and I am always blown away, and I can never wait to see what the next thing's going to bring. How old is Faith now? 25. 25, and I understand, like, she's finished college. She's been in some pageants. She has. She um, Last year was USA National Miss Maine 2020. This year she's USA National Miss Pine Tree State. Um, so she'll be participating in the pageant um, in uh, July down in Florida. So she's super excited about that. And um, it's a really nice system. Uh, it's biblically based. Uh, the crown itself is from a verse in Colossians and it has five points and it talks about acts of service. And so they are a program that's focused on service to others and having a servant's heart. And so it's really nice. It's, it's a sport. <laughs> if anybody yeah. knows anything about pageants, there's a sport involved there. And it's been really nice because it has given her not only a place to connect with other people who share her a lot of her missions um, in life, but it is a place where she can be very open and proud and 
and outward about her belief in God and feel comfortable doing so, which I think is always nice for for young folks to <laughs> be, be in a place like that. You know, uh, it takes a while, I think, when you're young and, young and you're learning and, you know, you're growing comfortable in your own relationship with God. It's important to be yoked with people who have the same desires. Absolutely. I mean, it's imperative, isn't it? That's why I would love for you to join some more of our things uh, when our our coffee studies and things. You would be such a great, great voice of of hope to to everyone. So uh, look that up. I'd truly love to have you partner with us in some things. Okay, so let's let's do this. Let's take two minutes. Tell us how how's Jenny doing? I mean, you've been through a lot. I I think about that. You know, from one, you know, when you said that, it dawned on me. You, you lost your two rocks, your 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 mom and and your husband, and and you had this before you. But but gotcha. But I'm with you. Wow, what a phase. Tell us, how are you today in, in all of this? Where where's Jenny? How's Jenny? I would say that this, you know, is something that our life is something that is always like many people's lives for whatever reason is something that is always going to have a mountain somewhere, but at the top of those mountains are amazing views. And so I, I tend to be a person now who sort of just kind of waits for the next thing and enjoys the moment. And if right now I'm in a season of favor I, I relish in it <laughs> and I'm there. Yeah. And when I'm in a season of struggle, then I cling close to God and I'm there. And so so where I am now, I'd say, in life is, is I try everything to be very fully present in whatever it is that I'm doing, which can be hard because, you know, we all get pulled in three million directions. But um, when I start to get fearful, because it is still a, an emotion I battle, um, I remind myself what God has already done. And I remember the same God who did a, B, and C is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he's the same God who still hears your prayers today. Jenny, mm-hmm. I think that's your next book. I really do. I think that you should <laughs> uh, delve into that. And have you considered that? <laughs> that would be a, a great a, a great offering. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. That would be yeah, a good I one. Think that- <laughs> It, it it really would. And I think it's one that's always needed because you, we all know faith and fear. You know, that fear is what everyone faces so much. Well, Jenny, I just wanted to uh, remind everyone, please remind everyone how they can get in touch with you if they would like to have you on their podcast or a speaking engagement. How would they reach out to you, friend? The easiest way would be right on my website, JennyMuscatel.com. There you go. And the last name, friends, to the ones who are listening, the last name is Jenny with a J, J J-E-N-N-Y. The last name is M-U-S-C-A-T-E-L-L. And it's it's going to be posted on Up To Me Radio as well as my Facebook page. So please check it out. She is one that would be inspiring to anything that that you have going on. Well, Jenny, thank you again so much for uh, being a part of our show today. It's been a pleasure. I love the rawness of how you share God with the world. Thank you, friend. Let's let's do we'll do a follow up sometime, okay? Yes, thank you so much for having me. You are such a bless blessing and I am so thankful for your ministry. Well, thank you so much. And if you ever have any extra time you come join us. We need you. We're better together, right? Stronger together. Thank you so much. And friends, for those who are listening, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Thank you for the lot for joining us live. It's it's so wonderful to be able to come to you and share hopefully stories of hope that help get you through. We're in a world that hurts. We're in a world that that brings devastation. And I love I will leave you with, with the words that I love from Jenny so much today from page one sixty three of her incredible book called The Journey of Faith and Open Heart. She says the Bible became my comfort to you my friends i wish that the bible became my comfort allow yourself to read god's word treasuring every syllable that jumps off the page thank you again for joining us i'll see you next time on coffee bye everybody to learn more about kim's books teaching materials or to invite kim to speak at your event please visit kimcrable.com
thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.com.